Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yo. Uh. Yo. Uh. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone, we bout to party. We bout to party, unrestricted, got the house now, we gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down, got that big space pump and make them bounce now, flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. From the studios of All Elite Wrestling. Actually, that's a lie. We're actually coming from our homes. I'm in my kitchen. You're in your kitchen? <laughs> well, it's technically a dining area, there's like wedding photos and stuff behind okay. me. Okay, all right. Real estate in Seattle is very expensive. I live in a very small house. <laughs> anyway, welcome to AEW Unrestricted. We are the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. This is, how long have we been doing this, Aubrey? Oh my God, like almost, I'd say we're coming up on like three years. Maybe? On three years. How about that? Maybe two. I don't know. It feels like yesterday. Yeah, wait till you get my age. It'll feel like. Oh, Jesus. Mm, that's a long way away in your life. Anyway, I'm Tony <laughs> Schiavone, along with referee Aubrey Edwards. Hey, Aubrey. Hi, Tony. I love you. Love you. I love you too. And we also love our guest, Tony Storm, who's joined us. Hi, Tony. Hi, Tony. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? So many Tonys. Yes. It's yeah. There really is. They're so great to have you in AEW. You've been such a delight to work with, and also you've given us such great matches. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Um, I'm really happy to be here. I am having the time of my life so far. So yeah, <laughs> it's been great. I think one of the favorite things is uh, like now we've got three Tonys backstage and I don't think we've ever run into any issue figuring out which Tony anyone is referring to because there's like TK, Shivani and Tony and it's just everyone knows and everyone follows along. It's great. Oh, that's awkward because I've been getting confused and I'm one of the Tonys. So that's (laughs) (laughs) this is going so well. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually why I use my last name. Hey, it's Shivani. (laughs) Anyway, uh, uh, Tony, let, let's start by this. You had your first wrestling match at age 13. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes, I did. I guess it was a wrestling match. <laughs> I Yeah, I started uh, quite young for a really small company in Australia that allowed 12-year-olds to wrestle. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I got to I got to wrestle and yeah, I somehow made it through and I'm still standing. I'm still here now. So you're, you start wrestling when you're 13. Mm-hmm. Clearly, if you're wrestling when you're 13, you've been a wrestling fan in childhood. When was the first time that you were introduced to wrestling? I was about 10 when I discovered it on TV. Yeah, it was, it was kind of cool, though, to be a young wrestling fan, but also getting to do, you know, get, I got to go away each weekend and do wrestling moves. I was by no means good at all. 
terrible, but <laughs> but um, it was fun. It was like a good thing that I got to do in my teens. It kept me off the street, kept me on the straight and narrow. If anything, it was a good thing. <laughs> and so five years later, you moved to the UK, right? And you uh, yes. you go to Liverpool. Yes, I uh, I lived in Liverpool for uh, I spent. A lot of time there from I was about 17, 18 onwards up until moving over to the States two years ago. And that was, again, a really good experience. I loved living there. Really good city, Liverpool. I got to spend a lot of time um, all like all across different cities all over the UK and all over Europe because it's so close to everything. So that was a really good time for me, being able to live out there and experience it. Is there a particular reason why you picked Liverpool over anywhere else? Well, I have some family there, so I was like, "Shit, if anything goes wrong, I should I should probably go. <laughs> I should probably be, be you know somewhere close to family." I was out there visiting family, and I was really close to the All Star Wrestling School where Dean Ormark was head coach, and I went and trained there. And then I started working for Brian Dixon and doing like the holiday camps out there, like Butlins camps, and it's been a really good experience. I I learned a lot out there, made a lot of friends, had a really good time. We're talking with Tony Storm. This is AEW Unrestricted. Thanks for being with us. And, and Tony, we talked about 13-year-old Tony beginning, 18-year-old Tony moving to Liverpool, had family members there. Talk about the role your grandparents have played in your life. Uh, yeah, quite a, a big role, actually. My mom and my grandparents had pretty much raised me. I have like a close bond with them. So it was, um, you know, they were able to help me out when I would, by the time I'd moved to the UK. And it's good to have as much family around as possible right because i'm really close to my mom and my little sister but they're in australia so at least when i moved to the uk like i had some people which was nice you've said previous interviews that jeff hardy was a huge influence on your wrestling career what's it like to now work with him and whatnot <laughs> it's pretty cool yeah i i i had my match with jamie Hayter right before him and darby allen it was pretty cool right uh yeah really cool makes me feel like i'm i'm doing the right thing if i'm if you know i'm rubbing shoulders with people that i grew up watching it's pretty cool that i get to share the same locker room and yeah it must mean i'm doing something right what about him as a performer uh stuck out to you oh you know how it is when you're a kid and you see jeff hardy it's it's that jumping off a ladder yeah that excitement like no other got to see him uh, you know, sat back, like back row at a, a 2007 live event in Brisbane, got to see Jeff Hardy, you know, just total fanatic as a child. Just that energy, the charisma, just love. Everyone loves Jeff Hardy. <laughs> Everyone does. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. It's just incredible. Talk about the first time you met him. How, how did that go? <laughs> Nothing much to report. They just said hello. Don't want to like act like a crazy fan or anything <laughs> right <laughs> but it, uh, it is cool it is cool i have mad respect for jeff hardy i just think he's uh incredible and he's been going so long and he's still taking crazy bumps he's just a crazy man it's awesome <laughs> i saw him limping backstage after his match with darby he's kind of just kind of limping around i think everybody saw him limping yeah. <laughs> i said man are you okay so yeah i'm fine i'm fine i said yeah, you are now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fine. As he limps over to medical to get ice. <laughs> right. Just amazing the things he does. I feel like that's the Jeff Hardy walk now. The Jeff Hardy walk is a limp. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I feel like it's more like the the veteran limp. Like yeah. you've earned it. Yeah. You see some guy like kind of walking down. It's like, oh yeah, no, that's that's so and so. Near the walk, yeah. <laughs>
You've had some really incredible matches so far on on AEW television, both on Dynamite and on Rampage. And I, I know we're going to see many, many more. But one of them that I want to talk about is you and Ruby Soho teamed up against Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter in the opening of a Rampage episode recently. And it was very good. Like, I went back, I watched the match again. It was just super awesome. I love the chemistry that you and Ruby have. Like, what makes that chemistry work so well? Oh yeah, I uh, I definitely feel that chemistry. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just because we're very similar people, um, gone through very similar experiences, very similar careers. I feel like we have a lot in common. So I kind of knew going into it that we would just have this excellent chemistry, and we did. And I really felt it. I'm feeling that chemistry a lot already. Like with uh, not just Ruby, but being in there with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Those women are making a lot of noise right now, and it's exciting to be in the ring with them. As we're recording this, uh, Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter had their match in the first round of the Owen Hart tournament. Uh, very special being in that tournament, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, incredible to be a part of. And to be first round, me and Jamie Hayter, I was definitely feeling the pressure. Yeah. Yeah, like setting the standard, like we've really got to have a good match here because this is uh, this sets the tone for the tournament going forward. But I had a great time winning. <laughs> yeah. I feel like every match that I'm having here so far is just kind of um, reigniting that passion more and more, more than I thought possible. It was a great match. It really was, Tony. You should Thank be you. proud of us. It. it was a very exciting match. I was glad to be able to be there for it. And I was, Thank you. you know, I, I love to give Jamie Hayter a hard time. You know that firsthand. <laughs> I've seen. You've yeah, seen, it's, right. It's good. So I saw I'm her. a big fan of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw her at the airport. Day. I said, hey, great match, Jamie. Great match. She said, thank you. I said, were you in it? I couldn't recall. I know Tony was in it. <laughs> oh, I, just, I love it. I love <laughs> And, of course, it. she gets, gives me a big shove. So, anyway, it's – but, anyway. The it was, best part is, is this is probably happening at 5 a.m. in the morning, so everyone's just tired and yeah. grouchy. Like, that's how I drew it up in my head. Oh, so great. Yeah. you got to be careful, too. She's probably, like, the strongest woman I've, like, ever been in the ring with. Seriously. Isn't she? Yeah, she's just <laughs> – Oh, my God. I'm not going to lie. I don't want to give her too much credit or anything, but right. – I felt like an infant being thrown around there. It was pretty cool. <laughs> no, no, it was it was funny. So we get back, we get to the back after the match, right? And like we're we're talking about stuff, checking in, making sure everyone's okay. And Tony just goes, "So strong, just so strong, strong." strong. Just, like, just keep saying, <laughs> "You just kill me. You just kill me." Like I'm powerless to it. <laughs> no, she's good. She's trained, but I lived with her actually for a few months. Oh wow. That girl trains like she would go to this garage gym for two hours straight and like could hear her like screaming. You know? Jesus, like she's legit. So like I knew going into this match what I was up against. Like, yeah, this is going to be. Yeah, she's going to kill me. It's going to be really it's going to be good. Yeah, <laughs> I think when I found out I was refing this, I came up to you, too. and was just like, hey, so you guys are going to beat the shit out of each other. Right. And you're like, yeah. It's like, yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, we're all going to regret this later. Okay. It's definitely going to be Whew. that. I got some more. I got some more ammo now when I see her next time. I say, I talked to Tony. <laughs> Don't you know, I, you were just so stiff in that match. I mean, just can't you just lighten up for just so unprofessional. So unprofessional. No, I, I can't say that because someone now will quote me. You'll have some wrestling side be like, Tony Storm reveals Jamie Hayter's <laughs> unprofessional. That's always what happens with everything. That you're you're right. Always. You're right. You're 100%. Oh, oh my God. Like, shut up and don't say a damn thing about what I say, all right, guys? Yeah, it's the, we're having a good time. 
ripping on each other. We're all friends. We love each other. You get it. Take your wrestling website and you know what to do with it. Shove it up your ass. Shove it up your ass. There you go. Shove it up your ass. That's that's the clickbait title. Tony Storm says, shove it up your ass to Jamie Hager. <laughs> that's, that's all I've got for all of you. That's all I have to say. Shove it up your ass. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, less, less shoving up your ass and more, more back to anything else. So I know, I know, Tony Conn reached out to you, and I think you, you said that you're, you're thankful that you're getting a second chance in your career. Yeah. Did you think that you were done with wrestling when you left WWE? There was moments, like at first, definitely. I was like, oh, well, this is shockingly terrible. I'm gonna leave forever. This is, <laughs> this is me done. And then, I mean, it didn't last long. You know, because I quit, left, sat on it for a while. You know, you get that wrestling itch. I really thought it was dead. I really thought I was done. Uh. <laughs> I'm not done. I'm never done. I'm one of those, I'm a lifer. I'll probably be around until I'm old as hell and I'll probably have kids that wrestle and... <laughs> got it all planned out <laughs> i'm i'm here for life there's yeah. no i'm not I'm, I'm probably yeah what what else am i gonna do what i don't have any other qualifications i don't like anything else <laughs> i never showed an interest in anything whatsoever i didn't really go to school so yeah hey tony and and aubrey you'll agree with this once you're bitten <laughs> by this bug it's a hell of a bug yeah it's a hell of a bug it's hard to get it out of your system man mm-hmm. yeah so i we get it we get it. And before every match, before every match, I'm like, why do I do this? This is the worst. And then after, I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Or like right through, go through the cut and you're like, oh, yeah. This is why I do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know. We are talking with Tony Storm. You're listening to AEW Unrestricted. We have more. We'll talk about her run in Japan and much more on Unrestricted. This is AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. Your hosts, Aubrey Edwards and Tony Schiavone, here with the wonderful and amazing Tony Storm. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about how uh, we're all very tired and we see each other at the airport at 5 a.m. I'm rocking an energy drink today, like my good personal friend, Tony Schiavone, because I just got off the plane. Tony, I hear you had an interesting travel story today. What happened? You're not going to believe it. It was, um, it was quite an interesting morning to say the least. I get my, I, I'm on like 8 a.m. from JFK going home. You know how it is, early flight, not much sleep. Mm-hmm. You're kind of waking up on the plane as it's taking off. And so I'm sat on the plane. We're about to take off, but there's a bit of a delay. But the captain's like, it's fine. We've got one more, like 10 minutes to go. We'll be up in the air shortly. There's this commotion kind of like somewhat beside me. And <laughs> I just have to get this off my chest because it's it was the most wildest, ridiculous thing I've seen for a while. I just have to tell people. And this guy just, I guess he didn't want to wait to go to the bathroom. I guess he really <gasps> wanted to go to the bathroom. So he he had this empty cup and I shit you not, he just was like, man, no, I can't. I'm going to piss myself. I can't piss myself. <laughs> and like, he whips it out, up, like straight up whipped it out, peed in a cup. I'm not lying. This happened beside me. I can hear the cup filling. I can hear the cup filling. Oh. But I'm like, I'm like I, what do you do in that moment? I'm like mortified. It was, <laughs> I, I was like, does this happen? Does this happen regularly on early morning flights from JFK? Mm, don't think so. It was just insane. And this woman beside him was like, oh, it was a whole commotion. And then immediately after, this is where it gets weird. <laughs> it's a, wait, that's not weird yet? <laughs> <laughs> so okay. a few rows back, 
further back, like you hear this announcement, the flight attendant's like, oh, there's a very special person who wants to ask a very special someone a special something. No. And then I turn around and some guy is proposing to his wife, but like I'm looking at this guy who's still holding his cup of pits, who like I have to look at him to look at this guy who's in- proposing to the woman of his dreams <laughs> on this <laughs> disgusting flight. And it was just, it was too much oh, all at uh, once. Yeah, It was, but like the worst part about the whole thing was when we were taking off, like he's juggling this cup. I was mortified. It's one of those things where it's going to take a while to get that out of my head. It was right beside me. Oh boy. So he's juggling this cup full of <laughs> urine. Yeah. And you're taking off and you're thinking this thing is going to slosh around any moment now or he's going to drop it, worst of all. And and now you're thinking in your mind, if 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 I'm right here, you know, I can ding and get the flight attendant. But then again, it'll delay the flight another hour before they get his yeah. dumb ass off and throw him off or something. Oh, yeah. And then we landed and there was police standing right there. It was off. They took him off the plane? Yeah, they arrested him. You know, you know what I'm thinking? Like, you know, I've flight attendants yell at me if my bag is slightly sticking out of the little seat thing and I'm being told off and then a guy cannot sit next to me and just straight up take a piss in the seat beside me he better be arrested I'll be following up on this case so the flight attendants Sorry. ever say anything no that's this is a tremendous story this this is worth a whole segment in itself listen all this thing about stardom can wait so uh <laughs> Screw it. <laughs> That's right. I got more. I got more important shit. So the flight attendants say something to him. Well, the woman beside him gets the flight attendant, and they're like, "Is there a problem?" And she's like, "Yes." And there's commotion, but I think they try and keep it calm because, like, I guess no one wants a cup of piss slung at them. And like, no, exactly. Yeah, you never, you can never cause too much commotion when someone's holding a cup of pee. Just, at, just so you know, guys, that's my wisdom for the day. That's my advice. That's how I, how I like to live my life. Just don't you know. try and reason with people, with <laughs> especially if they're holding a cup of pee in one hand and their cock in the other. You just never know. No, be careful around that kind of behavior. Up in the air too. Tony, congratulations. This story is going to live in infamy in my mind. Yes. I can tell you that right now. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. So when this episode airs, take the link and send it to whatever airline that you flew and say, hey, this is my experience. Can you please give me some free airline miles? <laughs> JetBlue, I'm looking at you. This was my first time flying JetBlue, by the way. And oh. This is my experience. So I'm going to put that on the bloody rating card <laughs> putting JetBlue on blast <laughs> you guys yeah. let people on who piss in cups do your customers always pee on the plane <laughs> can I do it too <laughs> we're talking with Tony Storm and we're talking about a variety of things a variety you said that resting in Japan quote made me grow up can you expand on that a little bit okay how do I put this I it's a really crazy experience living out there I was like 20 years old when I first did like my first stardom tour and I'm living in a basically you go out there and you live in what's known as the geyser apartment where they jam all the foreigners in one big room together it's tiny it's like three bedrooms tiny and sometimes it'd be like six or seven of us it's crazy quite the living experience quite a fun experience did it for a while did it for a few years and I got the best training well as I was doing all this, I made friends. I had some really fun matches, really good. It was a, I felt like I grew as a person a lot going through that system. 
you had an incredible run in stardom, including being the world of stardom champion, the first non-Japanese wrestler to hold the title. What does that mean to you? It means a lot. I didn't realize how much of my heart was like still in stardom. Oh, I, I guess I always did realize, but I guess I never got over it. And it was, I guess I spent so much time there more than I realized because life moved so quickly that I just, I love it out there. I really do. And I, I love the girls and I, I, look back on it and I have some really fond memories and it made me who I am. It elevated me to who I am and it gave me a big confidence boost, I think, as well with with my work because I got to wrestle a lot. I got to wrestle long matches. I got to be in there with girls that are just out of this world good. And I guess, yeah, all those things kind of came together and really helped me grow. We're talking with Tony Storm uh, in 2017, became the first wrestler to win two tournaments in the same year, the Cinderella and the five-star GP, which brings us to this question. We got fan questions coming up next segment, but we'll hit this one right now since we're talking about this. This is from Kimmy MTZ 17 who wants to know on Twitter, uh, Tony, knowing your previous experience in tournaments like the Mae Young Classic or the Cinderella Tournament in Stardom, the two tournaments that you won, do you think you have an advantage now over the rest of the field in the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I guess you could say that I have a decent amount of tournament experience. And I would think so, yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping that that uh, really helps me in this tournament. And so far, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I guess I'm a tournament guy. I don't know what it is. I just, <laughs> I seem to attract tournaments. Right, put me in there every week. Absolutely. It's great. It's a good time. Yeah, let me wrestle. Send me in there. Put me to work. Make me do things. If it ain't broken, it makes money. Keep it going. Yep. Also, I don't know how we haven't mentioned this yet, but I want to wish you congratulations. You got married in February. You and Juice Robinson. So that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. How's it uh, working travel schedules out now, now that you're coming with us on the road all the time? Like, how are you handling? It's been pretty crazy because he's back to work now. You know, he's, um, we're both back at it. And when we first got together, we were like, it was pandemic. So we, we had all this time together and we, uh, you know, and now it's like, bye, but it's good. You know, we, <laughs> we keep it together and we got a little dog that we have to be home for as much as possible. So we're just constantly like trying to, but we, we like wrestle and then we like get home as quick as we can for Ralph. It's really quite lame. Yeah. It's your regular life of two people traveling, right? So is there something yeah. when you're together besides hanging out with your dog you'd like to do together? Uh, we like to go to the beach. We like to just. Yeah, we enjoy the outdoors. We, but most, we just love being at home. To be honest, like right. it's kind of weird how much I've changed in the last few years. About two or three years ago, the thought of going home after a show was like, no, like I just lived for the road. Um, but now I'm kind of like, oh yeah, I, I like being at home in Florida, and it's, it's, yeah, it's good. I like my downtime these days. It's weird. <laughs> Nothing weird about that at all. No. Yeah, I used to be such a crazy cat. I still am, but you know, I just go home a bit more now. Right. So yeah, when we're at home, we just like chilling. We like to eat. We like to grill. You know, we're just the typical Floridian newlyweds. <laughs> <laughs> On a pirate's cub. There we are. That's us. Joe and Toe <laughs> on the beach in Florida near you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> She's just delirious from the pee in the cup still. Yeah. I mean, I, a guy peed beside me today, guys. It's, uh, it's been heavy. After you wrestled a, a banger of a match on TV, just, yeah. you know, never know when it's going to happen. Yeah, it's such a trip. It's like too much to unpack. <laughs> too much to unpack. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> One of the things that I've been really uh, grateful for in like meeting you and meeting all the other uh, wonderful people we have backstage is learning all about all of the things that make us tick and all the individual things that we are passionate about that we talk about. And um, I'm getting to you talking kind of more openly more about your mental health struggles with anxiety and depression. So one, thank you for talking about all that stuff because I always appreciate it. Two, what inspired you to speak up about all this stuff? I don't know. Uh, It just kind of feels good, doesn't it? It's good that you, it's, I just think it's good to open up about stuff and not keep it so like, you know, uptight and you'll go crazy and then you'll be like on a early flight peeing in cops going, you know, you want to, you know, get it out there and turn to people that you can trust. And I've, all I've found about doing that is it just encourages people to do the same and seems to help people. So yeah, it, it feels, it feels good. Tony, what do you do on a daily basis? Take care of yourself. Well, right now I'm, I've, I feel like just this year in particular, I'm, it's radical self-care at the moment. I'm just really taking good care of myself. I'm going to the, I'm going to the gym a lot. I'm drinking my coffee. I'm eating my salads. I'm getting my sleep in. I don't drink any alcohol whatsoever just to keep a clear head, clear mind. Cause I went through a hell of an ordeal not so long ago and it was quite like the toxic, stressful situation, but I feel like I've really been, uh, doing well coming out of that better than I thought really growing really maturing and taking really good care of myself more than I ever have so I think it's um, important for me to be like that so that I can deliver these matches to the best of my ability because to be honest there's been times in the past where I just haven't been in a good spot mentally and I've seen it in my work I'm looking back at some of the stuff I've done I'm like wow that was terrible I was totally not in the right mental state I, I was not in a good state of mind I wasn't taking care of myself I was really down I wasn't talking to people I wasn't asking for help I I don't know something happened last year I guess where I just kind of snapped out of it and was like right I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of me and me first because I'm not good to anyone unless I I do that so I've undergone this transformation of just like keep a clear head and just get your shit together Tony <laughs> Tony Shivani to get your shit together I'll do it. I'll do it. I, I listen. Uh, there's things that I do here at the house, you know, for my mental health and things that I do on a uh, daily basis. <coughs> Lexapro. And uh, there's also. Uh, it does help. Hell of a, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Hell of a and, uh, and see uh, therapy and, you know, just uh, keeping a clear head. You know, that's important, man. That I'm with you on that. Keeping calm as well with the adrenaline as well. I, I found that like, wrestling at a young age like kind of spiked my adrenaline a lot and right. uh, I would let it kind of escalate and I you know I I've been living a very fast-paced lifestyle for a long time since I was uh, like in England like when I was in England in the UK I was hustling I wasn't stopping uh, it's just been like non-stop ever since and I never took that time to sit back and take care of myself and yeah get it together and then I was like well I'm just gonna do whatever it takes to be okay who cares about anything else who cares about what anyone thinks i gotta do what's right for me yeah yeah and i think it's important everyone's got to do that and you've been living a fast-paced lifestyle since you're 13 i mean we've kind of chronologically <laughs> yeah and now look at you at age 20 i mean my gosh yeah. seven years later wow <laughs> tremendous we're we're talking with tony storm we're having a delightful conversation 
about uh, a variety of things. When we come back, it's time for fan questions on Unrestricted. This is AEW Unrestricted. Tony and Aubrey here with wonderful and amazing Tony Storm. We've covered mental health. We've covered pissing in cups. We've covered a lot of wonderful things. <laughs> wonderful and not wonderful things. There's just nothing really... I mean, the wonderful thing is that he didn't spill a cup of piss on you. Like I was, I had anxiety. Full-on anxiety. <laughs> go, like, when the plane goes up and it's shaking, you're like, I don't know how turbulent this is about to be. And this guy's got a cup of piss. And he's juggling it beside me. There's mm. so much anxiety. Too much anxiety too early in the morning. All right. Well, less anxiety. Now we have awesome <laughs> fan questions, and I'm really happy the fan questions came in before they heard about the piss in the cup story. <laughs> Thank God. No, no pun intended, but we have AEW Liquid on Twitter asks, I love your rock and roll attitude. Who's your rock star inspiration when you enter the ring? Nikki Six, As you can tell, I've got his little line tribute. Yeah, huge Motley Crue fan, so Nikki Six. Rock and roll girl we got here with us. Uh, At Lamora wants to know, Ruby Soho once mentioned having to make a big adjustment to her cardio once she made the jump to AEW because of the longer matches. Did you have to sort of adjust your approach to wrestling since you've been a part of our company? To be honest, since a uh, pandemic, I find it's been like wrestling so sparingly is really difficult. No matter how much cardio I seem to do it, I, it is harder. Definitely. I don't, I don't know what it is. Whereas if I'm wrestling consistently, I don't seem to notice. I feel I feel fine. Yeah, when it's like I wrestle one week and then it's maybe two weeks and then it's like ten minutes here and two minutes here. It's like, oh God, it is it's pretty difficult. But with my radical self-care, I have been getting through it, no problem. I've been eating my fruits and vegetables, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. Beacon of health, Tony Storm. Starbucks. <laughs> caffeine. I mean, I don't know how people don't do life without caffeine, so I fully support it. Uh, we have a question from AEW Showcase on Twitter. I'd like to know if Tony has a favorite memory during her time in stardom over in Japan. Oh, God, so many memories. I have a lot of the memories of um, doing, well, vague memories of doing karaoke with a lot of the girls out there in stardom. Vague. <laughs> really good memories. Um, you know what was really nice times for me out there was after every stardom show, they like, get everyone in the ring and we all do a big bow to the crowd and there's like we all do like a this is stardom pose and i always loved doing that after the show because we would just all be um like you know and a bunch of us would be kind of silly and it was you know it, it was nice it was good times and everyone really like bonded and connected and it was um yeah i love doing that and, like in places like park and hall and I just, I love wrestling and parking. I love the whole experience. It's really hard to narrow it down to just one thing. I have so many precious memories of so many nice people out there. From at Tony Schiavone 24, uh, what, what's your go-to karaoke song? Ooh. Oh, God. I mean, I don't do karaoke anymore, guys. Just saying. <laughs> During those days. <laughs> you know what was so funny like one time it was so <laughs> it was quite late in the night i didn't i wasn't intending on doing karaoke this night at all but i ended up doing a lot of karaoke you know where it just it's kind of moorish you kind of get into it and they're like you don't want to stop and then yeah like everyone's like oh you should do it and then you, and then they're like half an hour later they have to wrestle the microphone off you and like they're all covering their ears and somehow i was singing minoru suzuki's entrance song it's in japanese and i don't speak <laughs> japanese 
but I was singing it and I was good. Well, I, <laughs> I think I was. And then I bunched those little bastards had their pants over their ears. What's that about? Bullshit. <laughs> great singer at our <laughs> Suzuki's entrance song. That's tremendous. <laughs> I, I was reading through the questions earlier and I'm going to skip ahead. So I have the chance to ask this question because I find it fascinating. Ryan Kratz on Twitter asks, I've heard that your mom was so supportive that she sold hot dogs at the concession stand so you could rustle. Is this true? Yes. <laughs> when I was, when I first started, I wrestled for this company in Australia called IPW Australia. And we would have these weekly shows every Saturday night. We would have a show in the, these little industrial sheds, uh, like an industrial shed, like, you know, no one would go to them. It would usually be moms and dads, but we were there every weekend putting on a show like it was like our life depended on it. And my mom would go to them and like, I was really young. I shouldn't have been like wrestling with a bunch of boys, but you know, it was a way for her to kind of, I guess, be there and support me. And, you know, she got into it and everyone knew my mom and like she's made a lot of my sets of gear and she's been really supportive through this entire journey. So that's true. Yeah. I'm going to have to find a photo or something. There's mom selling hot dogs. Oh, that would be great. She's all, yeah. So oh. good. At Thomas McCauley asked, being from the Gold Coast, did you ever watch Sea Patrol? No, I guess not. I've never heard of it. Didn't really watch too much TV growing up. Okay. Just watched wrestling. Just, you know. Very clearly. <laughs> running around, just wrestling, being silly. Sorry. There's that conversation over, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Question answered. Move on. That's right. Nope. Ain't seen it. Sorry. <laughs> well, the next step is for you to obviously go and watch it, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> question from lovely Lance Loomley. <laughs> Huge Tony fan, especially since she's into the 80s rock and roll. What's her favorite Motley Crue album and song? Oh, God. Why well, is always favorites, 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 favorites. Don't drive me nuts. My favorite song is Same Old Situation, but you know what? It changes every day. Some days it's Home Sweet Home, sometimes it's Wild Side. And uh, yeah, no particular album that I favor. I just, I like all their old stuff. I didn't quite like the 90s stuff, you know, like that when they didn't have Vince Neil. That's all I'll say. I'm not going to talk too much about this. I'll sound like a nerd. Oh, no. You, <laughs> I mean, do you want to talk about Motley Crue more than you talked about Piss? Because then otherwise you're a person who's really into Piss and that's weird. Wow. <laughs> what if I am? Don't judge me. I mean, everybody's into something. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not here to judge. <laughs> this will be the latest headline. Tony Storm reveals that she's into pits. Wow. See, now they're just going to like copy and paste a transcript on like a fucking ringsidenews.com and like yeah. now it's going to sound like I'm actually into it and then every like all these idiots will read it and just straight up believe it. My mom will be messaging me next. Well, just, uh, just let you guys know at uh, third segment, uh, five minutes to go. This officially went off the rails, if it hadn't before. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, we're going to go back to Chris Broadbeck, who wants to know, aside from the Japanese lettering and the umlauts on your gear and name, what cultural influences from your time in Europe and Asia have found their way into your daily life? Like what stuff from did I take with me now from like living in Japan? Yeah. My obsession with noodles, probably. That's a really good one. My, I like crushed. It's funny you ask this because I got off that plane today that after that whole ordeal and just crushed sushi rolls because I don't really eat much on show days. Mm -hmm. That was my refeed. Like my love for Asian food is just 
ridiculous. It's embarrassing. It's like so <laughs> obsessed. Um, what else? Do I, I don't know. Um, would love it if I had one of their toilets in my house. That might be my next Ooh. investment. You know, okay. you know the Japanese toilets. Why is everything I've been talking about today bloody toilet related? <laughs> what is wrong with me? It's just so embarrassing. <laughs> we are just the conduits for what you want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. I'll, I'll I'll share a I'll share a quick story because I totally agree with the Tony Storm loves food thing. <laughs> So the first time I met Tony was a couple of years ago. We were doing May Young Classic. We actually didn't get a chance to work together. But after the show, we hung out together. And wherever our hotel was, it was like right across the street from an IHOP. And I swear, I have never seen girls put down that many pancakes before in my life. Oh, so you know, so you know what I'm talking about then. Oh, yeah. No, it's like, like open the IHOP menu. So when I say I crushed sushi today. You know, you crushed like four dozen rolls. Like I, that's the picture I had in my head because we went to the IHOP. You're like, you know what? Birthday cake, cupcake pancakes sound good. And then a stack of like six of them with like party cake sprinkles and frosting come out. And I think you also ordered an omelet and also ate that. <laughs> I do that. I do that. Me, but you also so like, you had so many bruises all over your face because you had wrestled four <laughs> times a day. So the waiter was just looking at us like, what is wrong with her? <laughs> My face wouldn't stop bleeding. My face wouldn't stop bleeding. I was worried it was going to like fall into the pancake topping. You would have eaten it anyway. <laughs> I don't care. Like from the Simpson with the donut machine episode. Uh, that's how I am. So, you know, so you've seen how I am with food. I, yeah, I don't know. Like on, on show days, I like, I don't want to eat. Oh, I'm too stressed. I'm like freaking out about the match all day. And then when after oh my god i don't know what comes over me there was one time you should see me with wings sometime <laughs> if you really want to see me put on a show give me some chicken wings <laughs> i want to see that yeah i kind of want to see that if i'm at the right level of hunger i'll like demolish stuff i could eat like a whole cake <laughs> i believe it <laughs> zero effort i love the term if i'm at the right level of hunger <laughs> as i was saying it i was like i don't know where i'm going with this but hopefully someone will know what i mean <laughs> oh, oh i feel you we just became best friends on this podcast you don't know it but <laughs> i feel you oh yeah we should go and eat sometime we should just like go off oh, it's like yeah we should just go like hit up a buffet oh yeah no i mean we're going to vegas soon so <gasps> yeah no, that's gonna have oh, my to God. right for a whole week i've have you seen those places that have like the giant lobster and stuff i want to yes. find something like that and just like yeah. oh that's we're gonna have thing. to roll tony storm out of the buffet every day yeah. in vegas just like like if you let me loose around some peel and eat shrimp i might never stop <laughs> <laughs> like never stop <laughs> All right, uh, I want to hit one more question here, and I, I hope this doesn't bring back bad memories because we, we went on a positive note, but uh, at Kane wants to know, was the, was the pie in the face thing at WWE the final straw for you, and who green, green lit that segment? I mean, it's food, so to assume it was okay right. at first. Well, if you must know, I was actually quite happy with that segment that day because um, it was a lot better than the original idea. The original idea was like, I was called up and asked if I was comfortable with uh, having my shirt ripped off or something. Like, they wanted to do this whole angle where it was like they were going to rip my shirt and be all like embarrassed in my underwear, I guess. I don't know. And then oh. when you're asked if you're comfortable if you're to do that, and it's like literally people are being fired every single week, it's like, well, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> sure, I'm comfortable. 
I could become comfortable very quickly. Yeah, I guess I'm comfortable with that. I, I, think, I guess I'm going to be doing that. But then a lot of people fought to like not have that happen because that would have been terrible, a terrible idea. So to be honest, the pie was actually like a really, it was quite a sweet treat in comparison to what it could have been. Right. In hindsight, I don't really mind. Was quite fun. You know what? I'm not even mad. People think I'm so mad about that. I think it's hilarious. Stanek covered in pie. As you said, it was quite sweet. And if you're at the right level of hunger. You know what I mean? We're just talking about how much I could just demolish food and then they go throwing food at me. So that was, okay, that was a good day. Not painful memory at all. That was a good one, to be honest. Yeah. No, this is the perfect punctuation of your time there. It's like, we got to end it with food. That was one of my better times. (laughs) Tony, you are so much fun. Thanks for your time today. Thank you, guys. And now with all the important information about AEW, here's referee extraordinaire, Aubrey Edwards. AEW Dynamite is on TBS Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock, 7 central. AEW Rampage is on TNT Friday nights at 10 p.m., 9 central. TNT, TBS, we're on all the networks. And they're on YouTube Mondays with AEW Dark Elevation on Tuesdays with AEW Dark. Both are at 7 o'clock, 6 central. This podcast comes out Thursday mornings on all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can just search for us, AEW Unrestricted. And then Monday morning, afternoon-ish, depending on your various time zones, you can watch uh, Mm -hmm. all of our pretty faces (laughs) talk about dudes being on cups and airplanes. That's right. And Tony Storm can follow her on uh, Instagram at Tony Storm underscore. That's T-O-N-I-S-T-O-R-M underscore. I am Aubrey Edwards. My name is Tony Shivani. Yes. And this has been great. Tony Storm, all of us, thank you for listening to AEW Unrestricted. Yay! Come on, throw your hands up, let me see you. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it.